Welcome to the Bucket List Project podcast, a weekly show that talks about stories from my pursuit of nomadic lifestyle around the world, interviews with interesting people who I met in this journey, and a generous dose of thought-provoking conversations around travel as a lifestyle choice. If you love to listen on topics revolving around travel, then this will be a perfect companion for the ride to office, your morning jog, or in general when you're winding down for the day. Uh, we have new episodes releasing every Friday, so do share and subscribe to our podcast and get your weekly share of travel inspiration. For many decades, the image of a tropical island has held a special place in our hearts. It uh, conjures up visions of pristine beaches, crystal clear waters and lush rainforests. It's a world far removed from the hustle and bustle of our modern lives. This romanticized vision of an island life has been amplified significantly by countless books and movies painting a picture of idyllic beauty and serenity. You know, from the classics of Swiss Family Robinson um, almost a century back to the modern day castaway movie, the stories of island retreats and voluntary relocations have captivated audience for generations. These narratives often depict a return to nature, a simple way of life where one is free from constraints and anxieties of the modern world. The island becomes a symbol of ex- escape and a probably a place to reconnect with oneself and find peace amidst the natural beauty. In today's fast-paced world, the yearning for a slow pace and a deeper connection with nature seems stronger than ever. Uh, the stress and burnout are vocally spoken about and many people are seeking ways to break free from the cycle of work, commute and sleep. This has led to a surge in the popularity of island re- uh, retirement or island relocation as many call it. Uh, as more and more people after COVID are dreaming of exchanging their city suits for boat shots and trading the daily grind for the rhythm of the ocean. The allure of island life is multifaceted. Some are drawn to the idea of living in a place of unparalleled natural beauty, surrounded by stunning landscapes and exotic wildlife, while others are attracted by the prospect of a simpler lifestyle where time moves slower and there is a greater emphasis on community and connection. Uh, For many, island retirement represents an opportunity to escape the pressures and expectations of modern society. Uh, It's a chance to rewrite the rules and create a life that aligns with their own values and passions. Uh, Whether it's pursuing creative endeavors, learning a new skill, uh, being a digital nomad, working remotely, or even simply enjoying the uh, simple pleasures of life, the island offers a space for personal growth and fulfillment. Of course, The reality of island dwelling is not always as picture perfect as it appears in books and movies. There's a significant lifestyle change involved for somebody coming from a busy urban life. These changes can make or break your experience and embracing them is a challenge very less talked about. Even when you're living closer to nature, you have to remember that you're living in a bubble which drowns out all the noise from external world. So you need to acknowledge and realize that you're living in this bubble and adapt so that when you go back to your normal life in an urban setup, you're able to easily 
you know, uh, cohabitat that place as well. So if your dream is to escape the concrete jungle and embrace the beauty and serenity of an island life, this podcast is for you. I'll explore the realities of living uh, in an island, including the challenges and the reward, and provide you a sneak peek on how our life has been as an island dweller. I'm Srinath Shankar, your host, a Paddy Scuba instructor, co-founder of Pick Your Trail, India's fastest growing leisure travel brand, a digital nomad and a slow travel proponent. Today's topic of podcast is Concrete Jungle to Sandy Beaches, Confessions of an Island Dweller. I'm going to break down my experience of having spent eight months living in some of the most beautiful islands of Thailand and Indonesia in 2023. It'll give you a honest picture of how long term living in these islands has been for us, especially coming from a big metro like Chennai. I would ideally like to start by preparing you for the challenges up first, because if you're willing to sign up for the challenges, then the rewards of living in an island become all the more enjoyable. So let's get started. The first challenge for us was a social integration. You know, when you're moving to a new place as an expat, Finding your social identity becomes an essential skill to surviving and thriving in that place. Uh, When moving to big cities like both in India or abroad, you're highly likely to have a set of friends, family, work colleagues or at least an accessible Indian community within your first circle of influence. This generally anchors your social fabric and you end up building network around it. However, When it comes to island life, especially outside India, the resident communities can be very small. They are very close-knit and insular, making it difficult for newcomers to break in and build close relationships. It is also overwhelming to know that you will unlikely have Indian expats to reach out and find comfort in these islands. This gets amplified when the communities living in these islands have significantly different cultural norms than what you are used to. It was uh, a lot of unlearning for us and uh, to find our roots and to identify ourselves in these islands. Uh, To make it easy for us, um, we had made a two-point checklist where shortlisting an island for settling in. Uh, The number one was we wanted to make sure there is a community of people that I align with in my bucket list goals. Uh, A common interest makes it easier to form new friendships. So both these islands had ocean and diving in common. So it was very easy for me to find new set of people that I could, you know, kind of interact and get introduced to. The second, we wanted to make sure that the island has significant expat population. This essentially ensures that there is Uh, There are a set of people who have shifted long term like you and it gives you great opportunity to learn from them and accelerate the process of settling down through their experience. Both in Kotao and Kuta Lombok, where we have spent maximum of our eight months uh, in 2023, cleared this checklist for us and gave us comfort to overcome this particular challenge. The second challenge was actually finding a routine. Uh, you know, there is a reason why they have close-ended communities in islands because typically the permanent residents form only 10% of the population and remaining 90% is a fl- of floating tourists. 
This means the entire island is always on a holiday party mode, which can be very unsettling for the permanent residents who have a regular life to take care of beyond the crazy. To retain sanity and not go off track, it is very important uh, for you to establish a daily routine which resembles your day-to-day life beyond a vacation. These routines can be different for different people, but not having one is a path downhill from which you will never recover. Our daily routine involved four broad things. Number one in that routine was to work out. Uh, Ever since COVID, both me and Pratibha have taken very keen interest in health, lifestyle and exercise. So uh, it became a non-negotiable for us to integrate working out in the island life routine. And for this, we needed access to gyms and that would be right at the top of our list when we were shortlisting an island. You know, typically uh, in a day, we, you know, carve out at least about 90 minutes and dedicate it towards exercise and probably another 30 minutes for night walk around the island before we went to sleep. The second routine was uh, cooking. Eating right is something that we were conditioned to in the last two years as we embarked on this fitness journey. So we made sure that uh, we make all the three meals ourselves. The morning and evening meal routine was my responsibility and afternoon meal routine was Pratibha's responsibility. Uh, Mine was a lot more easier to make as it was the same meal that I would make every day. Morning would be soaked oats in soy milk with sunflower seeds, chia seeds, honey, peanut butter, apple and whey protein. And the night meal would be a seven vegetable salad uh, with either uh, eggs and feta cheese for Pratibha and cooked chicken for me. However, it was the afternoon meal uh, which was a time taking affair for us because that's the only time we had hot food which Pratibha was uh, taking charge of. So that typically uh, involved rice, some form of lentils, either dal, rajma or chana, uh, some form of cooked vegetables and cooked chicken for me. Uh, Grocery shopping also has been a very immersive experience as part of our cooking routine. You know, getting to know what is the common produce of uh, the island and how to creatively integrate that into our routine has been a challenge and a fun experiment. Next comes the work routine. Uh, You know, Pratibha runs Walkskuru as 100% remote first venture. So she had a routine of shooting, ideating on new social media content, recording, distributing and monitoring work with the team back in India. She claims that island life has given her more focused time and productivity has significantly improved. Um, As I have uh, tuned down my work routine a bit compared to 2022, uh, it now involves probably about uh, two to three hours a day between some pick-your-trail work, bit of networking, reading up on latest AI trends, uh, listening to tech podcasts and some vertical research or study. Uh, This feeds our brains and gives us enough thinking exercise. And... The final part of our routine is the hobby routine. Uh, The idea of being a digital nomad was to carve out some time to do things beyond work, right? Uh, Now, this forms a significant part of our identity. 
Pratibha spends structured time practicing Carnatic music, getting better at her Manodharma routine, and generally evolve her music abilities. She has also picked up martial arts training, which is Muay Thai, uh, as a new skill to learn. For me, scuba diving has become an integral part of the weekly routine. As you know, uh, I complete 500 dives, 500 plus dives this year. Yeah, in between, spend I've also spent some time learning free diving, surfing as well. Uh, in the last two months, the Bucket List Project podcast has also added to the mix. Uh, I think of it as a hobby because it gives me an opportunity to network and talk to new set of interesting people. That has kept me engaged, and I quite enjoy this process right now. Besides this, our weekend routine involves checking out interesting places within the island, going to beach for sunsets, traveling to nearby islands, or relaxing with a massage therapy. We also dedicate one or two meals over the weekend to check out local dining scene around the island. Uh, forming this routine took a takes about a week when we land into a new island. A uh, lot of scouting goes into figuring availability of supermarkets, laundry, gym, uh, and we feel very unsettled till this routine is running in place. But once we have that running, uh, we kind of embrace the island life in its true essence. The next challenge that uh, we always worried about was fulfilling the four basic needs. you know lodging mobility banking and connectivity living in a big city these are almost sorted very easily probably not the lodging part after i've heard the horror stories of bombay and bangalore uh, but uh, besides that in an island uh, a good long term lodging is a very big effort to find since every lodging option caters to the short term tourist That's where a good expat community and increasing digital nomad tribe helps because they are creating the demand ecosystem where long-term lodging starts becoming available and they also form Facebook groups where it's a great starting point to know what is available in the island and what to expect. Uh it is definitely a, a difficult task to nail down a place without landing into the island, you know. you have to come to the island uh, and check out the places for yourself because a large part of the available houses are not even online both in kotao and kuta lombok it took us about 3 days of house hunting to find the perfect place our requirements were quite spartan to be very honest um, a kitchen with gas a bedroom with ac good wifi and a bathroom with hot shower We did not need a pool, grand living room with latest gadgets, or a sea view balcony. Uh, we loved the home we had in Kotao, and in fact, we're very lucky to have a great place that uh, we live in Kuta, uh, which is kind of like our mini retreat with a private garden, open living space, and a very bohemian decor. We are thankful for being in Southeast Asia, which also lets us afford daily help with housekeeping and laundry. Next, in the basic needs challenge was mobility. Though the island is small, we and we end up walking to most of the places. Uh, access to a vehicle was needed, especially when I had to take my heavy diving gear 
or when we had to cover a distance of 2-3 kilometers when the sun is scorching or going to a bit far off places for a hike or that secluded beach or waterfalls. Uh, finding a good scooter was challenge as uh, we had to first rent it for long term and with the amount of online content around tourist traps, it made it difficult to trust, uh, trust as well. Uh, we had to negotiate long term rental prices which were affordable and which did not require huge deposits or submission of our passports. Uh, we also had to negotiate hard on what kind of damages to the bike is acceptable and we had to document extensively all already existing damages because this is where things can go down south very, very easily. In both the islands, we managed to find a scooter which was neither too old or it was not brand new. Uh, the owners were quite accommodating and reasonable people as well. So our luck played out well, I would say. The next part of the basic needs is actually the banking which is the most complicated. Unfortunately, India has spoiled us exponentially when it comes to banking and payments. We do not associate any cost with accessing our money in our account or when paying with our debit or credit cards. UPI has made infinitely convenient where we have forgotten what a wallet or a cash looks like. But all of this goes out of a window when you are living on an island. Uh, first of all, islands do not have large banking infrastructure and very limited ATMs with withdrawal restrictions and high cost of withdrawal also. You know, before you even realize, accessing cash could cost you up to 6% or even higher. We often cry about inflation at 6%. So imagine cost of taking out your own capital being additional 6% in an island where everything is inflated by 10 to 15% due to the remoteness and resources being imported to the island. Given we were going to be doing this long term, we had to find cost efficient ways of accessing money. Uh, as a first step, what we did was open a multi-currency Singapore account which allowed us to park funds in as much as 12 currencies. Uh, this kind of protected us against currency inflation to start with. Secondly, we withdrew cash in bulk for the entire month, either by doing a bank remittance to a local in the country that we trusted um, and withdrew the money as cash from them. Uh, this made the overall cost of you know cash at about 2% for us, which was quite uh, uh, acceptable as a tax to pay for living in an island. Uh, having a credit card with very low forex markup also helped us with transactions where cards were accepted. This is an elaborate exercise every time we have to go to a new country and planning well in advance is a good thing to do to keep these costs in check. Finally coming to the last part of the basic needs, connectivity. This is so crucial and essential for a digital nomad and island life can very quickly snatch away this privilege from you. However, I must say that Southeast Asia is very very evolved in this aspect. Access to high speed Wi-Fi and good 5G connectivity is a given in most big islands where you have tourist influx. While we thought this could be a challenge, it never ended up being one. 
However, the reliability is not 100% always. You can expect outages on a weekly basis, but you know, that comes with living on an island, right? Uh, there are parts of the island where you become incommunicado as well. You know, example, when I go f uh, on diving expeditions, there are several days where uh, I'm out of network range. Uh, I have accepted this reality and I kind of plan around it. It also is a great digital detox when planned well. It brings you closer to nature and helps refresh your mind. Now, now that we have covered the challenges with respect to basic needs, let me introduce you to the biggest challenge of an urban citizen moving to an island life. The unlearning of habits which we take for granted in a city. You know, number one, you move away completely from apps. No food delivery, no online shopping, no Uber Grab, no Paytm. You almost are dialing down 10 years when these convenient apps did not exist. You know, you go back in time and you're living, imagine living in 2008, 2009. That is how it feels like living in an island. Number two, is that uh, you will guarantee miss any big movie releases, any big sporting events, and even Indian festivals. You know, living in a remote island means you are disconnected with OTT, cinema theatres, and even Indian cricket. In 2023, we missed IPL, World Cup, many movie releases, which we watched probably two months later. We also missed Pongal, New Year, Diwali and celebrating birthdays of family and friends. The final uh, aspect which we also take uh, for granted is access to Indian comfort food or even sometimes indulgent food. You know, our cooking routine is almost fixed and limited to the resources available in the island. This means access to Indian food once in a while is a luxury we can only think of. Some of our friends look at us amusingly when we travel with them and order Indian food. They don't realize that we have not had Indian food for a pretty long period and for us it is exotic food when we are traveling. These are small and trivial things in larger context of life but your urban life conditions you to depend on them significantly. So when you start living in an island it was kind of an unlearning process for us. Initially, it took us some time to get accustomed to all of this. But now I can comfortably say that we have fully transformed into an island dweller and we embrace this life. The, uh, the challenges that it comes with uh, has given us the opportunity to realize how a different life can also be from when you step into this new world. It has also helped us reap in the rewards of living in a tropical island. So now that we have spoken about the challenges, let me also tell you about how amazing the island life gets once you are accepting of these challenges. You know, within a week, we almost realized that life slows down significantly when you are in an island. Yeah, you know, one of the most significant benefits is also the slow pace of life. You know, away from the hustle and bustle of the city, life on an island unfolds at a very slow paced rhythm. The fact that majority of this tourist on the island are on a holiday, the vibe is also very relaxed. It allows you to savor each moment, appreciate the beauty around you and focus on what truly matters. 
uh, funny that I, you know, flex muscle with a lot of my friends back in India saying that the traffic is non-existent over here. You never have to rush early to any place and it takes us just five minutes to reach most of the places either by foot or by scooter. No more than that. The second uh, amazing realization that we had is that uh, island life gives you significantly increased creativity and self-discovery. You know, when the urban noise and hustle dies down, you start becoming more self-aware and both of us have found it to be more productive for us professionally and personally. Pratibha even feels her creative streak gets an adrenaline shot in this environment where she's able to ideate unfiltered with without any distractions. The remote workforce uh, trend has significantly reduced the professional barriers for getting things done and for networking too. So that also stops being a hindrance for us. The next part which we have seen definitely a lot of improvement in 2023 is the improved health and well-being. You know, one of the biggest flex of living on an island is the average air quality index, which is always 30 and below. We breathe fresh air, pollution of all sorts is highly reduced and the health impacts are quite visible for us. We also jokingly tell to each other that seeing the holiday tribe flaunting their six-pack abs motivates you to keep a lot of focus on your health and be in good shape. We go actively snorkeling, swimming, walking, hiking around the island for a very, you know, uh, active lifestyle. Uh, the next obvious amazing thing that we found uh, as part of island living is a very strong sense of community. Given the small size of the island, you very quickly become a familiar face within like two weeks. You get friendly nods from the street vendor, the staff in supermarket or even the spa. Uh, you start having gym buddies, diving buddies with whom you go out uh, for a dinner or a drink. You also participate in local events around the island and have interesting conversations with the locals. And uh, this is something that I've realized as part of the island living is that you start having a deep connection with nature. You know, uh, you're surrounded by the wonders of the nature, pristine beaches, crystal clear water, lush rainforest and diverse wildlife. Uh, you'll be constantly reminded of the beauty and interconnectedness of the natural world. They say that nature heals you and I, can, I cannot agree more. You know, you'll be constantly reminded of the uh, uh, limited resources that the island has and the close connection with nature encourages you to adopt eco-friendly practices such as reducing waste, conserving water and utilizing renewable energy resources. Uh, we have in fact started leading very simple life devoid of the excessives that we had in our urban metro lifestyle. Our entire uh, life now uh, fits into two suitcases probably. Uh, it may be a life less ordinary but uh, more fulfilling to say the least. Finally, this might seem trivial but we have met actually more long lost friends in 2023 who have visited us now than ever in the past decade. Maybe it's the magic of the island life, their need for a much deserved annual holiday or probably our persistent invitation which has done the trick. But on a serious note, 
We have had the privilege of friends and family visiting us across the globe and uh, we have had absolute blast hosting and showing them around like a local guide. Trading the concrete jungle for sandy beaches was a decision I never thought I'd make. Uh, but you know, here I am, uh, a former city dweller turned into an island adventurer, living a life far removed from the hustle bustle of what I once called home. While life on an island has been a dream come true in many ways, it hasn't been without its challenges. I've had to adapt to slow pace of life, learn to live with limited resources and forge new connections with a close-knit community. But through it all, the rewards have been immeasurable. I've learned the value of simplicity, of living life in the present moment and appreciating the beauty that surrounds me every day. This wraps up the current episode of the Bucket List Project podcast. This has been an opportunity for me to offer a glimpse into the challenges and joys of island life. I hope it educates uh, the listeners who have been dreaming of this life and gives a reality check on what to expect. If you liked what you listened to, then subscribe to a podcast which is available both on Spotify and Apple. See you next week and until then, have a great time.